Seven questions wedding videographers demand answers for on this edition of the DV Show. We're on a mission on a to mission. rid the world of bad video. Bye-bye. This is the DV Show. Target in range. Bad video sucks. Welcome to this edition of the DV Show podcast. Brian is my name. Glad you can join us for this edition. We have all sorts of video-related questions delivered to us in various ways, email, voice, and when we're live, just hanging out on social media apps. So we compiled some great questions from wedding videographers for this week's podcast. They have some pressing issues that need attention, so we decided to invite two professionals to help with some of the answers. So Mark and Patricia, welcome to the DV Show. Let's get into our first question from email to start things off. Uh, The first question is, what is the state of wedding videography right now, especially after the pandemic? Well, you know, if you set aside the issues with the, the economy, uh, you know, wedding videography had, has still been trying to kind of get their, their foothold as far as being one of the must-have uh, vendors for a bride. And so, you know, the national studies say around, you know, about one-third of weddings have uh, a professional wedding videographer. So there's definitely a lot of room um, to, to gain in the market share. Um, then with the economy coming around, you know, a lot of people are in question uh, you know, is this a good time to get into it? Is it not? Uh, you know, brides are still getting married. Brides still want to have their memories uh, for the future. And I've even seen some talks on Internet forums of brides kind of reevaluating, you know, well, what's my priorities for this wedding? And, you know, when you look at all the things a bride can spend her money on, uh, a lot of those things are there for that day and then gone, mm. where, you know, your your rings, your photography, your your videography are the things that you get to keep. And so we're really looking forward to brides um, just taking a good close look at their budget and trying to figure out what is really important within this budget. And uh, so we see, you know, definitely future growth within wedding videography, despite, the, you know, the uncertain economic times that are ahead. All right. We'll take another question from email to get things started. Documentary style wedding videos. Are they in vogue? I think they're very much in vogue. Um, it seems to be the hot thing with videographers right now is to do a more documentary, more live um, audio, which I think is highly important. Audio so separates us from the photography world. Mm. Um, and I think that that is very much, yes, in vogue in the videography world and um, and very much appreciated by brides. Mm. So these are so really what this means is that they're on their way out basically these documentary style or are they becoming more popular? No, is what I think you're they're on their way in. Uh-huh. Um, well, I think really they're in, and I think as far as and you know it gets very um, tricky in the fact of what do you term as documentary? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do you term old style like what people have been doing for the last ten years as far as just documenting the day? in, let's say, A.B. rolling the ceremony and not removing any excess, or therefore what I consider to be documentary would be, or what we would consider in vogue documentary, okay. would be um, a lot of live audio. Um, do you want to chime in here and help just, me out? Just a lot of real time, um, you know, not uh, a highly produced production, um, not a lot of effects, um, not a lot of slow motion, a lot of real time. 
uh, and more so kind of the way the the, the day happened uh, instead of um, you know creating more of a um, I don't know, just highly in, enhanced production. Right. Because a lot of people would term like the cinematic and the documentary. Mm. The cinematic being a little bit more highly produced. For us personally, um, I don't like the true documentaries. <laughs> but we kind of take a more blended approach. I don't believe in throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And so while we did not depart from slow motion Maybe we've backed off the amount that we use. We still do use it, but I think um, there's just a more, can be a more balanced approach to the whole, you know, documentary versus cinematic presentation. Some great answers coming from the both of you. Thank you very much. Here's another one from email. Why do wedding videographers or videographers in general wear black? I'm assuming that it's a uniform. Why do they wear only black? Generally speaking, we wear black, all black, because we blend in more. But that's generally speaking. We've also done weddings on the beach. And in that instance, I did ask the bride, bride, what would the groom be wearing? And she said he'll be wearing khaki pants and a white shirt. And so that immediately told us, well, if Mark wears a bl- all black and he stands back there behind the groomsmen, guess what you're going to see? <laughs> this man in all black. So he didn't. He wore khaki pants and white, a white top that looks a lot like them. And he blended, you know, being behind them, he kind of blended in and you don't really notice him per se. Right. But I think that it's important, you know, as a professional, you do want to blend in and be in the background and you don't you know, want to be wearing bright colored clothes or, you know, even the white shirt. When And I noticed in the pictures from the bride that had, you know, posted the letter, her videographer did wear, she mentioned when he came to her hotel room, he had on a jacket, but then he removed it. Mm. And most of the day, it looks like he went in his white shirt and probably black pants. And so that did make him stand out a lot, you know, being in that white shirt. Hmm. So in that instance, he would have been better had he been in all black. Well, and another goal that I have is when, I, when I'm at a wedding ceremony, wedding reception, whatever the case is, when I set my camera down, I want to be able to blend in like I was just a guest attending. And so, you know, most of our weddings, you know, the guys will wear jackets, uh, suits, ties. And so, you know, I am always going to have my jacket on. So, you know, I just blend in as a guest. Some hmm. people say, you know, you need to go all black but I've seen some videographers go all black, but it may be, you know, black slacks and just a black short sleeve polo shirt. Um, if all the other guests are wearing suits and it's more formal, you're going to stand out if you're just wearing, you know, a short sleeve polo shirt. And so, you know, I always go black slacks, black shirt, and a black jacket. Um, and then, you know, depending on the, the circumstances, you know, if it's in August and a lot of the guys are pulling the jackets off, you know, I will pull my jacket off, but I have, um, you know, the ability to kind of blend in and just look like I'm one of the guests if I do happen to set my camera down. Right. I mean, I, I'm reading this letter. I, I mean, I don't blame her, and maybe calling her Bridezilla is the wrong way to go. I mean, she really got what she paid for. <laughs> is I mean, you, you convinced me of that already. Um, do you think there was a, a lack of communication here between the bride and, and the videographer? I mean, she says, uh, took off your dark coat to reveal a gleaming starch white shirt. At that moment, I knew that you were not skilled or experienced videographer. I mean, should there should have been there some some kind of communication beforehand on what was going on and what to expect? 
I think beforehand is the absolute best. And that's why, as a videographer, if she's not asking you what you're going to be wearing, then I would ask them what type of affair is this going to be. Um, is it going to be a black tie affair? Um, is it going to be a more casual wedding? Like we've had garden weddings that were definitely more casual, or like I said, the beach weddings that are more casual. So, you know, as a videographer, as a professional, when you are, you know, interviewing these clients, being online or by phone or in person, asking those questions. And a lot you can tell even by the venues they're using. Not always can you tell everything, but by asking all the questions and finding out what type of, of affair is it going to be and asking what do the groomsmen plan to wear, that's a big um, key to you knowing how you should dress. Then. Mm. And asking asking the bride, you know, what is is she most comfortable with? Mm. Very important. I mean, I think that's what really happened here is maybe the communication barrier. Because uh, I'm showing Exhibit B right now up on Ustream, and everybody, he, he's standing right on the altar. Is, is that where videographers should be? In the well, white, bright shirt with the bright light. <laughs> well, it, in a church that allows us to be up front, I will be at the altar area, but I will be on the side of the groomsmen. And so when they're in their black, you know, Texas, I'm in my black jacket, uh, you know, I just blend in, blend in with one of the guys. Now, if the um, the videographer would have been behind the bridesmaids and not wearing a white shirt but a black shirt, he definitely wouldn't have stuck out as much. But more ideally, you get behind the guys. Uh, typically, the guys are bigger. It's a little bit easier to hide behind, you know, big men mm. than it is to be, you know, incognito around a bunch of women, especially, you know, wearing a white shirt. Mm. And being a man, and they're all in dresses. Um, but And also, just from a videographer's standpoint, you're going to get the bride's face from being over on the guy's side versus if you're on the girl's side, you're going to have the you know the groom's face. So usually the bride's a little prettier and they really want her face a little more than the guy's if you only can have one camera at the front. Right. You know, and I think a good general rule is you know the only person on the altar area that should be in white should be the bride. I mean, you know, she's the focus of attention, and, you know, she should be the only one in white. Shirley has a question about a videographer being on the altar and getting close to the bride. Uh, yes, I was wondering um, what the protocol is for dealing with a priest or a minister who's adamant about the fact that they just don't want you anywhere near the altar. You have the bride on the one hand who says, I want everything, and then you have the you know, priest or minister who really is refusing to let you near the bride. I'm usually the one that handles that because I'm, I'm the one that attempts to shoot up front if the church allows it. And basically, whenever I go into a church or synagogue, um, you know, a place of worship, I'm you know, entering there as a guest, and I want to abide by their rules and be respectful uh, of their beliefs and, and their values. And, you know, we do have some churches and, and um, you know, um, Catholic cathedrals that, you know, are very strict on where you may not be. And so, you know, I don't want to come in there and, um, you know, disrespect their place of worship and be disrespectful to their leadership. I may not necessarily agree with their rules, but, you know, it's not my place, it's their place. And mm -hmm. so, you know, whenever you go someplace, you follow, you know, their protocols and their rules. And so, you know, when it's very clear that we cannot be up front, um, you know, we don't push it. We don't try to sneak and do it anyway because we want to be very respectful because, you know, we, we are a guest in, in their house of worship. Right. Exactly. I think very often, too, um, 
I will I will suggest to the bride, if the bride really insists upon us changing their rules, you know, or breaking their rules, I have her go to the priest or the wedding coordinator there at the church and go to, go to bat because she's paying to use that church. Mm. And so as her paying, she has a lot more pull than I do just someone coming in to actually film her day. Mm. And I also know that when you do show up to a church, um, dress professionally uh, and handle yourself professionally. There's been times where we've been allowed to shoot up front just because as they were sizing us up, they could tell we were professionals and we were not going to cause a scene. Whereas when you do show up to a formal affair dressed more casually, uh, you know, their perception of you may be, well, this guy must not be very good. He doesn't look like he came prepared. You know, he didn't, he didn't come dressed appropriately for a wedding. So, Right. And I think that we've had a lot more favor in getting that position at the front because of that. And I think we also stress to the officiants that we're not there to be a distraction, that we're there to preserve the things that they're going to say and speak into the lives of that couple that day. And because of that, I just think they've been a lot more lenient with us at times. Not always, but a lot of cases, yes. Dave has a question about keeping track of and handling family members. The bride wants to be excluded from the video. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, I've encountered situations where each set of parents of the bride and groom are divorced and then they have other, uh, their significant others are people that one side of the family may not like. And some people want everyone photographed and other people want them excluded. What should you do in that case? Who's paying the bill? (laughs) (laughs) That's what, I mean, I'm just saying that's, you know, it's who's paying the bill. And and I think the couple have a lot to say. Um, We're editing one right now that um, there is a divorce in the family, and one of the fathers that is of that divorce situation gave an extremely long toast. And the bride said, I want, I don't want all of that toast. And, um, you know, the bride and one of the other parents were paying the bill. And so I, res- I respect that. And that will hit the editing floor because of that. Um, that is a tricky question, but I will say this. When I meet with the bride, I get the names of the parents. And that right there usually tells me if there's a divorce situation that we deal with. And if, you know, and if the last name is different, then I will usually ask, is there a divorce situation here? Or kind of give me the lowdown on, on, the, on the family. And I will, you know, does ev- I will ask, does everyone get along? Because you want to know that going into it. I know one time Mark told this grandma and grandpa to get up close to each other like they liked each other. And they were divorced, and they said they had been for the last twenty oh, no. some years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not and hearing he, Mark's response on that one. <laughs> well, what can you say? I mean, at least they, they were good sports about it. He's like, "Well, we've been divorced a long time, but I'll stand closer. I don't care." And we have another question about editing video. How long does it take? How many changes to accept? Let's talk about editing etiquette. You know, I've I've read some posts on forums lately about this kind of thing, and, you know, we rarely have changes requested to be made. Um, I think I can think of one just more recently where, would you please take out the lady in the red dress? I really didn't want her there, but she was there on behalf of the groom's family, and 
the bride felt uncomfortable, but it was a very short little clip and it was not a big deal. But really, we post a lot of our work online for the bride to preview. As we get portions done, we just post them online for them to preview. So we do a lot of online previewing. But even then, I'm not, we're not changing a lot of stuff. I hear these videographers say, you know, they get all these changes. I think it's very much in how you approach even giving it to them to preview or, to, you know, to give them. I, I just make it be the latest, greatest. And usually they have such an excitement in viewing it. Um, I'm not getting a lot of changes, but, I, but I've heard of videographers that did. We did some private consulting with the company that they had an option on their price list for the bride to come in and view it and if she needed to make changes. And, and I recommended that he remove that from his price list because I said, you're only asking to be doing re-edits. Um, but in the case that a bride would ask for a re-edit, I'm in a very firm belief, and we're in a price range, um, we are on a higher end, that we can't afford to make a change, and I prefer to keep a happy customer rather than a, a disgruntled, unhappy customer. I'd much rather my bride be happy because she's going to, you know, be. I want her telling good things about us because an unhappy customer talks a whole lot more than a happy right. customer. I mean, and so I think it's, I think it's important to keep them happy, but there has to be a balance. And, you know, I hear these videographers making all these changes and not charging any extra fees. You know, if it's the mistake of a videographer, then I think you eat the cost. If it's the mistake of the bride, you know, and, and she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you I wanted all of this part taken out or such and such, and it's after the fact, and she didn't communicate that ahead of time, then I, I think, you know, it's very, you know, good to, you know, charge a fee and don't be doing that for, for you know, little or no money. Mm. We have a question from Scott about the process of selling your wedding video production packages and handling okay. pricing. Hey, I wanted to ask specifically, how do you manage the, uh, the bride and potentially mother-in-law or mother of the bride's expectations when you meet with them? Concerning the whole process of, you know, the, the sales aspect, I guess I want to say, um, you know, do they come in for a package? Do you talk a la carte if they start asking for additional features? I mean, how do you handle that part of the process? You know, typically a bride has seen us on the web or, you know, a lot of brides come in through our website um, and they view the work there and that's usually where they fall in love with the staff and then you know the our prices are not on our website for the purpose that if they were we feel like probably most brides wouldn't even look at the work um, because we are fairly high for our market for really we're the highest so in that respect we really want to bait them and get them sucked in emotionally <laughs> and then um, then them contact us and I've been trying to at this point meet with more brides I will give them a price list um, and send it to them by email. As far as like, you know, we offer packages because, and I'll tell you why, we, we truly, truly charge by the hour is how we charge, but it's disguised within a package because all brides know to ask you is, can you send me your packages? 
you know, and I just decided, you know, we used to charge by the hour and I would send this more a la carte type price list. And I thought, you know, why not cater to what they're asking for and just, we can do it by the hour, but put it in a package setting for them and they're more comfortable with that and that's what they're asking for and I think it'll be more conducive and it has been they and they don't cringe at that hourly rate you know our hourly rate is $700 an hour for two cameras and so you know when you kind of tell them that they're kind of like you know they don't realize post-production is included in that that's not just day of there's post time in that, and we're not $700 for post, but it's $700 for the actual hours we're there on the wedding day. Wow. So if we're there for five, five hours, it's $3,500. But And that includes, you know, we've built in editing time in that as well. So um, in that respect, I put that in a package because, you know, when we were $400 an hour, $500 an hour, I could get away with the hourly rate. But when we went to six and seven, it just has worked better in a package and they don't freak out over $700 mm. an hour. Oh, yeah. Another thing that you do with your packages is you're, you're, you're flexible within, you know, if they're wanting to take this element out of the package or add this element to it, you know, all those things are, are flexible. I mean, the prices are set. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if they're wanting something between package one and package two, you know, Trisha will tailor it to, to meet their needs versus just, you know, them saying, well, I want package two at package one's price. You know, we <laughs> don't negotiate off pricing, um, but we can add or take away from coverage to allow for their budget. We don't add a lot of extras in our packages. They are pretty, well, they're buying us for time. Um, once they go up to the middle and upper package, they are getting either a wedding day edit or a highlight is going to come with it. Um, but the bottom package is, is fairly, you know, just four hours of time, um, two cameras on the wedding day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and actually that comes in at 3000 because we decided this year um, for Oklahoma, we would just build in um, our traveling and we're not billing for traveling in, in Oklahoma or pretty much in a radius of two hours or so away from us. We can travel. It's it's already built into the price. So if we're shooting in Tulsa, it's real good because we're making a little more money. If we're shooting over a couple hours away, um, the travel time's the, the expense is already built in there. Mm. So. so, so you're getting back to this bridezilla. You're getting what you pay for. I mean, this is if you're going to charge a thousand dollars, this kind of says a lot about your services. If you're charging the range that you're charging, this tells them too that hey, you are a professional. Very much so. Yes, and you know, I have seen as we have moved up in our pricing how we have a lot less disgruntled brides or, mm. you know, or just brides in general, um, they realize they're hiring a professional and they're putting it in someone they can trust. And so they just let you do your job and they, they trust you. And, and you have to have that as someone that, you know, you're going to work for. If they don't trust you and they're second guessing you all the time, you know, that, I don't want that type of client. Well, that does it for another edition of the DV Show podcast. Keep in mind, this podcast is powered by you, the listener. Video production is not for everyone. It can easily become overwhelming, time-consuming, intimidating, and technical when all you want to do is create a video that works for you. The options are daunting, and that's why we're here. 
Now, if you haven't visited our website this week, take a look. Always keep in touch with us at thedvshow.com. You can get in touch with us on social media like Twitter, Instagram, and of course, LinkedIn. And we will see you next week. Keep your questions coming in. Video production just got easier. The DV Show. Serious about creating better video? You're in the right place. Subscribe to our free online coaching service and expand your learning beyond our popular podcast.